0: Welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFR Ratings. Pete, on Twitter. Welcome to Man You Know on Twitter as Jeopardy T. Welcome to the show, Jepp. Hey, Pete. Injuries and availability once again changes the game last week. Again, last week it was Bailey Smith illness. Braden Proust not being selected after coming off illness, so it certainly opens up the game again.
1: Yeah, it was more forced trades, wasn't it? Uh, Me specifically, and and a lot of others, it... um you know, it threw a spanner in the works and it's just allowing me to, um, or not allowing a lot of coaches, including myself, to upgrade these final couple of rooks.
0: Yeah, hopefully we get a clear three weeks uh, through the buy period. But yeah, I, like if we get a clear run for the next couple of days leading into the first buy week. My thoughts are that you know we could you know potentially go a little bit thinner this week and, and back end our numbers into the last two buy weeks. Therefore, you know once we get to the news of this week, we don't have to spend our trades on just you know covering getting to 18. If, if people have their teams quite like that at the moment, but you know it's no no use really going heavy numbers this week if all appears to be clear. So you know just got to consider a consideration. Take into consideration, um, you know, what we could be faced the last couple of bye weeks because it really could expose some thin teams going into the last two bye weeks. Yep.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's I still maintain like it's important to be balanced over the bye rounds. But if you, like you said, if you want to play it a bit safer and back end it in terms of player availability, just in case something does happen, um, then sure thing. But Yeah, three trades a week, it's pretty hard to to mess it up, I think.
0: What are your plans and how are you going to progress through the buy period?
1: So, yeah, like I said, just maintain a balanced side in terms of buy players, Um, not get greedy and and look too short-term, you know, in terms of match-ups. I took Miller versus North Melbourne this week is a good example. So... um, no, it's about the long vision, um, maintaining you know captain picks and, and getting those captain picks right uh, for throughout the buy rounds because obviously those are limited too. So yeah, it's it's nothing we're not foreign to. Um, there's been a lot of weeks and planning into these buy rounds already by myself and and I'm sure yourself, So I'm ready.
0: Yeah, interesting. You mentioned the single game matchup like. You do have Gold Coast versus North Melbourne this week. Uh, That's a Saturday afternoon game. But then the the preferred matchup is Adelaide versus West Coast, uh, which should be good numbers for Adelaide. However, however, there is poor, it's a poor forecast for that game. You know, we've got 10 to 20 mils currently forecast for Saturday in Adelaide. 95% 95% rain. So generally, look. Obviously, I do the weather each week, and w- once we get, you know, three, four days out, that that weather forecast gets starts to get locked in. So that's where we are currently. You know, Tuesday night, uh, just before this game. But yeah, high chance of showers, 20 to 10 to 20 mils. So um, yeah, that looks quite poor outlook. So if you're looking at like targeting the Adelaide type players just for that single week. You might want to reconsider based on that forecast there if you do want to avoid the rain. But yeah, it's a preferred matchup, that's for sure. High numbers for Adelaide, but you know, hopefully that was for a dry game, but it doesn't appear that to be the case at this stage. Hopefully the weather forecast does uh, clear up the last few days before that game, but you know, it doesn't look great at this stage. Uh, for me, it's uh, definitely good coverage for this week. Uh, but yeah, I might I might actually um change a little bit of strategy here and, and as I mentioned there just a few minutes ago, as it go a little bit thinner this week, so I might just have nineteen this week uh on purpose. Uh just try and eliminate that poor score. But yeah, trying to back in my numbers because, you know, and, and just hopefully that you know something arises in the next couple of weeks that could assist my team. So part of that trade scenario for me this week Definitely looking to cash in some players there as well. Alrighty, we are at the halfway mark of a season, or there thereabouts. Uh, Making an assessment on where teams are at is quite critical, especially when we rely on roles to be be maintained. Thoughts on that? So we're talking about specifically AFL teams, Chip, and I'll give you some data, some targets, Chip.
1: Yeah, so look, there's a lot of fluid situations with a few teams. Um, West Coast is probably one in ways... uh, the new coach at GRS with Mark Ubey at the helm is is another. We, we've got to adapt um, and we've got to, you know, identify the role changes really quickly. Like the Darcy Cameron one is probably a great example where the street coaches jumped on straight away um, and, and saw the opportunity and it, it's been a great pick and really shot him up the ranks. And those are the kind of uh, moves that you make early to to jump rank, and um, I'll be looking at all every you know every week and assessing every game as we always do, and and seeing who the next Darcy Cameron is for the season. Okay, so I'm going to go
0: through each team here. So 18 teams. I'm going to give you a situation where I currently see their season at. So this is not. Fantasy related, but what we look at is how their season is progressing, and then we can relate it back to fantasy to see if we can get any type of movement there. So, from what I have um, taken over quite uh, a long period of time so, several years is that once we get teams into a uh, situation where they are fluid. Uh, where teams are struggling down the bottom of the ladder, that means you know there could be changes, there could be role changes, and that's not what we really want from a fantasy perspective. We really rely on these roles to be maintained. Now, as from an opportunity point of view, there are a couple of teams in that scenario there as well. So let me give you the 18 teams here, Jeff. I'll roll through all of them. I'm going to give you a target or one or two targets from each team as we go, and then I'll get your feedback on anything that uh, spikes in your mind just to go back and talk about already So Adelaide, it's a fluid situation there still for me. So the team is still developing. couple of targets there, Laird and Dawson. Brisbane, it's a very solid uh, team at the moment. I don't see any major role changes there as well. The target, if you don't have him, is Lockie Neal. Carlton, solid. No major role changes uh, based on availability. Uh, Cripps is strong through there. Walter's, you know, forward mid, but his numbers are still strong there as well. I think the target there, though, uh, Cripps is starting to, you know, average under 100 the last few weeks. But I think the targets there are Hewitt and Walsh there. Uh, Walsh is quite low owned, so there might be one there. He's had a high ceiling, as were what we did see last year. So it's a solid uh, situation for Carlton. Uh, for Collingwood, it's a fluid situation there still for me. You know, Craig McRae has come in there. He's willing to try a few things there as well. He did mention Cameron there as well. So he uh, did spend more... Time in a ruck against Carlton there but the opportunity, you know it was sort of a lucky situation there against Carlton again you know Wedowin goes down with that injury you know, then Cox has to go, well, doesn't have to go forward, but he goes forward and he packs the scoreboard. So that puts Cameron further up the field. So Darcy Cameron only is, like, I'm one of them. We got lucky again. So we got lucky with the Cox finger injury last week. In this situation where Wettering gets injured, that sort of helps out Darcy Cameron there as well. So it's really interesting how that's played out from Darcy Cameron's point of view. But I think the target there for Collingwood is, is Jack Crisp. But again, it's a fluid situation. It's not the same game plan as what we've talked about previously is what they did last year. It's a different game plan. It's a Richmond-style forward half game, so it's not high disposals. Uh, so take that into consideration. Essendon, it's a fluid situation. Uh, but the Bombers were actually really good on the weekend against Port Adelaide. I thought they were the better team over four quarters. They just didn't convert on the scoreboard. So that sort of sends me a bit of a message. You know, the, the Bombers could actually finish off the season quite strong. So when you look at some of the targets there, Darcy Parrish has been quite sold the last couple of weeks. So he's the target, along with Zach Merritt there. He's another target there for me. Big high selling type players there, as we have seen in the past from a fantasy perspective. Fremantle, solid situation. No major role changes expected. But do expect Nat Five to come back into that team in the next couple of weeks. So that's going to change a certain situation. Potentially the, uh, the Will Brody situation. But still the target if you don't own is. Um, Uh, Andrew Brayshaw. So Geelong, uh, solid, no major role changes expected for me. Uh, I've talked about the resting periods where Chris Gold has said he's going to manage players, and that's what they have been doing. Uh, But I think the target, as what what we did see last week, is Tom Stewart. His numbers were just outstanding last week. Gold Coast, this is actually a solid situation. Their centre bounce rotation has been really tight. So, I don't expect that to be changing anytime soon. So, no major role changes expected. A couple of targets here obviously, Tuke Miller, high ceiling there, and Jared Weets, his numbers have been quite strong in the ruck situation. But he had a really great matchup last week, but he didn't really get their scores there to hit from a ceiling point of view. Uh, then we move on to gws it's a fluid situation so obviously changing coach if you mention as you just mentioned there so mark McVeigh comes in you know Himmelberg goes to fullback now look at his price tag get lock into fantasy and look at his price tag if he's going to stick there and take those kick-ins which you know kick-ins um can be a false storm because you're only getting three on it on a kick out but but look at his numbers look at his price tag he's actually really good you know Lockie ash i suspected he was going to go behind the ball because mark McVeigh when he took over as coach He actually said he wants his runners behind the ball, and that that puts in the situation where Lockie Whitfield could come in when he returns and be a runner behind the ball. Whether he sets up at the wing or half-back, you just want him to be behind the ball and intercepting and just running forward through the middle of the ground. So that's another one situation there as well. But what we haven't seen in that team yet is Tim Taranto and where he does fit in. Harry Peruman has actually been in that midfield, and he was strong again on the weekend. Uh, Cornelio's numbers were good. Centre bouncer's numbers were strong. And Josh Kelly, big target there for me, he's the he's a target to come out of GWS for the second half of the year, uh onto Hawthorne this is a fluid situation. Sam Mitchell has been willing to try a as, as lot of things through uh, the first part of the year, and I expect the same to happen for the second part of the year. Obviously, they're, they're getting out of finals contention somewhat, and what we have seen for teams who start to get out of finals contention is they start to move roles around. That Again, that's what we don't need from a fantasy perspective. We need sort of a solid role where we can rely on that score week in and that role week in, week out. So, But I think uh, Tom Mitchell is... Starting to be a bit of a target here, even though his centre bounces aren't strong, he's still getting there from a score perspective. Uh, then we get in a situation where we've got Melbourne, solid situation, no mo- major role changes expected. Oliver and Petrarca, you're targets. But the interesting thing for Melbourne, they're giving up a lot of uncontested marks at the moment. So the, the game plan against Melbourne is to hold the ball away from them. So, does that impact Oliver and Petrarca? They've got high ceiling um, gains, as we know, but I still think they're a target for the remainder of this season there as well. Then we get into North Melbourne. It's a fluid situation. Obviously, plenty of pressure on North Melbourne. I think there are role changes to be expected, and hopefully um, you know, they're in a developing situation still at this stage. But I think the one to target at the latter part of the year is Aaron Hall. We know he's got a high ceiling. The Kangaroo is still giving up heaps of inside 50s. Then we get in on Port Adelaide, right? It's a solid situation there for me, especially at midfield. So no major role changes are expected. I think the target here is actually Ollie Wineship. And then we get into Richmond. So again, solid. No major role changes expected from my point of view. Uh, Jaden Short your target there as well. Now he's moved into the midfield. Unfortunately, we could lose him as a defender next year, which would be uh, a bit of a catastrophe. But his numbers are really strong and we know he can score. Then we move on to the Saints. This is a Jack Steele situation. When he returns from injury, he's going to have no ownership. Hopefully returns him full health so we know he's got a high ceiling it's a solid situation at the Saints Uh, centre bounces are quite strong uh, and I think there are no major role changes expected from my point of view. Then we get into Sydney I think this is actually a fluid situation especially through the midfield and can be based on availability. What we did see last week is Mills went back to defence so that sort of put you know Parker and these other types, these younger road, brought him back into the middle of the ground there and Warners actually was okay on the weekend there as well but yeah, Mill's out of there, back to halfback anyway, halfback or middle of the ground is still okay for Mill, so I don't see any problem with him, so he's still a target and I think Parker's numbers have actually been exceptional the last few weeks, so if he can hold those centre bounce numbers, he's another target there as well, and then we get on to West Coast, this is a fluid situation as you well know, barracking for the Eagles there yet so the team is still developing and as Adam Simpson has said for several weeks now, at the back end of the season, they are going to play the youth. So you know, look at Brady Hoff; those numbers there, uh, his age, his age bracket. Sorry, so you know, those types of players are going to get strong. Uh, gain time for the remainder of the year, so they're the ones w- we should be targeting, and the, I, I don't have a specific player in mind here as well as the number one target, and my, my word that I've just actually put in here is just youth, so anyone young comes into that team, I should be. I think we should be targeting, uh, and I wouldn't be paying up for any type of high premium type player from West Coast, it'll be just youth, so therefore we can sort of cash in and target those players, and finally there, Jeff there, we've got Western Bulldogs, so solid, no major role changes expected from my point of view, uh, I've got three targets here. It's Bailey Smith, Josh Stankley, Tim English. Thoughts on any one of those, Jip?
1: So, yeah, uh, look, there's a lot to take in from that, obviously. But ultimately, essentially, well, in essence, most of us will have a completed team by the end of the buy rounds, if not just during the buy rounds, or if not even just now, before the buy rounds. So it's about points of difference now for me. So, like, one you ran out with Sam Walsh being on my list. I really really rate him and hopefully he'll be coming to my team too and I, there's not high ownership like you mentioned another one is Ben Keys for Adelaide um, second tier everyone popular pick will be led for obvious reasons but what about Keys? He hasn't hit the high scores in recent weeks but can can do it and especially against West Coast loves a wet weather game if it is wet so it's about the points of difference now um, and the change in roles is identifying how it affects those primo players. So I think the GDRS situation is like, for example, Josh Kelly, what happens when Taranto comes back or Cornelio, um, what happens with role. we just got to stay on it. Um, but for me, it's about the points of difference now and, and being a bit different, thinking outside the square to gain rank and, and gain some points ahead of the pack. Okay, round 11,
0: ownership. So top 25 ownership, 20% or higher. The rucks, I'll just go for everyone, just to see where ownership did spread out. Obviously, Braden Pruce was out last week, so everyone got off that situation and moved somewhere else. Okay, Max Gorn, 92%, Jared Witts, 44%, Sam Hayes, 28%, Sean Darcy, 24%, Raleigh O'Brien, 8%, and Callum Jamison. uh One team started him on grand in the top 25. So they're all on grand numbers. So thoughts on any one of those, Chip?
1: Yeah, the O'Brien percentage is obviously low. Um, and then Jamison one surprised me for someone so highly ranked. And um, going with that option, but um yeah, look it's the ruck situations for the rest of the year are gonna to be tough, aren't
0: they? Yeah, certainly certainly going to be it interesting situation but what it has done is just open it up again so where we looked at you know ownership a few weeks ago was really tight on pretty much every part of the ground now it's really open in every part of the ground already onto the defenders Jep. so james Sisley 100% jaden short 84% george hewitt 80% jack crisp 80% dane zorko 68% jordan dawson 64% sam doherty 28% Sam DeConning, 40% on ground. So people utilised his 83 points on ground last week. And and some of those benched uh, Nick Dacos there as well. So utilised Sam DeConning's score there. Uh, Nick Dacos then is at 28%. Jack Sinclair, 20%. Going along quite nicely, halfback for the Saints. And Tom Stewart, I'll just go below 20% there. So 12%. So Matt ranked number one did have uh, Tom Stewart in his team. Um, now going back to the ownership there, so uh, Matt ranked number one had his Tom Stewart on ground and the next uh, team in the top 25 to have Tom Stewart is ranked number 12. So a big leg up there for Tom, for Matt, who's actually put a little bit of a gap on the rest of the field at this stage. But obviously uh, we've got to get through the buy period and there's still a long way to go. So thoughts on any one of those jet
1: Yeah, look, the defenders, I think, are the most solid line out of all of them. We're all pretty consistent with our primos in defence. And, yeah, there's Tom Stewart, you know, that would be interesting against the Bulldogs because I can't – I see them pressuring up a bit more, but I still see some Tom Stewart dominance again this week, especially at Marvel. Yeah, last
0: week Adelaide didn't even care about Tom Stewart. They just let him do what he did. So he's not going to get that every week. Some some opponents will match up against him and make sure he's accountable. But yeah, Adelaide didn't even care. Not even for, for one second, it looked like. Already into the mid, mids there, Jet. So Lockie Neal, 100%. Jack McRae, 88%. Callum Mills, 84%. Greg Clark, 68%. Andrew Brayshaw, 64%. Tuke Miller, 60%. Patrick Cripps, 56%. Clayton Oliver, Christian Petrarca, 36%. He was ill last week. And it sounds like, listening to obviously multiple interviews, as I do each week, so since post-game, it sounds like he was actually quite lucky to play last week. So unfortunately for those who had Petrarca, so 36%. And Josh Kelly, you know, we put him as a target. You've mentioned him there as well. I've mentioned him there as well. Only at 28%. And Marcus Bontempelli, 24%. Obviously, we can move him into the forward line there now, Jep. Thoughts on any one of those, Jep?
1: So 64% of the top 25 are still running a rook in their mids, which will become zero this week uh, for most, or the, uh, I assume most. So, um, yeah, some. This is where we're going to get the variance. Obviously, the the primo mids are, you know, there is a lot of options there. I mentioned Walsh as well, which nada, not one person in the top 25% having. Actually, Jeff two teams
0: had Sam Walsh, so it didn't go above 20%, so I didn't mention that. So, yeah, two teams in the top 25, two have Walsh. Already onto the forwards. So, Josh Dunkley, 100%. Will Brody 100%. Stephen Canelio, 80%. Darcy Cameron, 72%. Zach Butters, 72%. Luke Parker, 44%. Still a bit of a unique there. And there we go, Connor Rosie, 36%. Nick Martin, who uh, was traded out by many. Uh, and, but, yeah, he came back to form there. Uh, on the weekend, it gets poured out, later 36%. Isaac Kenny starting to struggle there now. He's real concerned for those that do own. So 24%.
1: Yeah, surprising um, in terms of the Nick Martin performance and percentages. Obviously reflect that. You know, ultimately, with all what's available in the forward via Primo's, trading Nick Martin is still the right move. I know he's on the back of a, a big ton. Um, if you held him, great. But if you trading him with, you know, long-term views. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I
0: was one of those ones to trade him out, so uh, obviously got on the wrong end of that one. But you can't win them all, obviously. We'd like to have them all. We'd like to win every trade, but sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. Alrighty. So, Jep, who are your top three targets for round 12, assuming you don't own any?
1: So yeah, for match up, Rory Laird against West Coast this week, and and the run for the rest of the season. Tim English, I was at the game on Saturday night, and he was outstanding, really impressive. showed no signs of injury and didn't spend any, or hardly any time forward. Like maybe five percent of the game, I think he was forward. So it was, um, it was quite interesting and quite funny how it all panned out because I would have thought he would have played eighty percent forward, and I didn't bring him in as a result. But then, yeah, there you go. So. And then, yeah, Bailey Smith, the last one. I know he's coming off illness, but, um, you know, young, fit fella. I think he'll come out firing and I even feel a bit fresh off off the week off. So um, I expect big things at Marvel against Geelong and for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, it's interesting on English. So looking at his heat map on the AFL map, uh, on the AFL app, so his forward of centre usage was 72% forward, and twenty eight percent defence. So um, I think Harley, that's
1: because, sorry, I think that's because um, the ball hardly got out of West Coast d fifty <laughs> because they couldn't move it yeah, out of there. But,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So West Coast obviously conceding a stack of inside 50, So you know that's, that ball is pretty much in the Western Bulldogs forward line. But yeah, most of his damage, you know, and he wasn't deep forward as you mentioned. He wasn't deep forward. He was outside down at outside the arc, and that's where he collected most of his disposal. Yeah, he belt. was
1: actually playing like one kick behind the ball as a sweeper. And as soon as McGovern went down with injury, the the back six or seven were lost. In terms of defence, they panicked a lot and it was a quick high ball out and Jamison and um, Bailey Williams just couldn't compete with him. So, yeah, look, I still... It was more about the way Tim English moved and his skills, picked up the ball, his ball usage. That's what really impressed me. He's not going to get a gift against West Coast every week. Um, but he's a top six forward, top two rock, however you want to see it. Um, he's got to be in our teams one way or another. Yeah, I think. Um, so Bailey
0: Smith is to come back into that team. So for me, it's potentially, you know, does Sweet now go it, because Bailey Smith can obviously play forward and Duckley goes forward and whatever. So, did, you know, does that mean Buku Karmas is coming out of that team or Jordan Sweet's coming out of that team? Um, because the dogs can play English with a with a semi backup half ruck, so because English can just, you know, he's got the tank to pretty much go through that game at a high rate now. So uh, hopefully that's the case. And if that's the case, he's a monster target. So, um, but yeah, I I agree. I reckon he's a top six forward or, or top two ruck, whatever which way you look at it. And obviously with the rucks struggling this year. Uh, that, yeah, he might actually filter his way into the ruck situation because generally when you, you have a forward ruck you'd put that into the forward line having like a Gorn or Grundy but you know no Grundy at the moment and Gorn sort of struggling himself there as well so you know English might actually just actually slot quite nicely into the top two rucks and then because we've got plenty of uh, forward options now Jet. so uh, a yeah. premium scoring forward option so yeah but I, I quite agree with that he actually can slot into the forward line there uh, into the ruck situation there. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, again, like Tim English's best performance or best um, position on the ground is is that one kick behind the ball. In my opinion, he he's the extra tall defender. He reads it really well in the air, um, and then if it goes to the ground, he can deal with it. So that's where he'll play. He he'll dominate for the rest of the season. I I can't see why he can't
0: wouldn't. Okay, on to my three targets, so uh, specifically for for my team, so Jed Anderson, who was actually really good on the weekend versus the Saints, and his tackle numbers were high. He had a huge influence through that midfield for North Melbourne. He was actually quite outstanding. So his centre-bounce numbers have been strong the last couple of weeks. Obviously, he missed all of pre-season, so he was able to get uh, through his pre-season early in the year, and he's come back into the... uh, the Kangaroos team, and I think he's actually been pretty solid there as well, so big score on the weekend there as well, and he's just he was just turning it over with tackles Uh, Jackson Hately, so he's he's actually been really good, and he was strong again on the weekend for the Crows, so um, and more importantly with Haley is that when, you know, Adelaide were actually pressing this game. They got actually relatively close to Geelong there, and that's when Haley was in the middle of the ground. So he was having actually high impact for the Crows. So uh, God, i got to think Matthew Nix sort of likes that, and listening to Rory Lead on the weekend, um, or on Monday, that he was actually really positive on Haley there as well. So uh, there's another target there if you need to pay down. But again, i reference the weather for this week. Um, against the you know the Adelaide matchup against West Coast, uh, do you want to go there? Um, and you mentioned earlier in the pod, Jeb, is that you know you've got to really specifically target certain players because potentially they're going to, potentially they're going to be a long hold in your team if if uh, circumstances don't play out your way. So that's the one thing to keep in mind there as well. And my third one there is Tim English as well. So he's a he's a high target there for me. And what we've seen there, you know, he could be the high scoring player for the remainder of the year. That's that's my thought. So your thoughts on that? Could he be the high scoring player for the remainder of the year?
1: Oh, no, I don't think you outscore some of the primo mids, but um, he, he's obviously a 100-plus player from here on in, and just just take the ruck line alone. There's no one really pressing. Maybe if Riley O'Brien, my new best mate, can keep going, Um but, yeah, I think that R2 spot is where he'll fit best and suit best. Okay,
0: on to the notable low-break Evans. So uh, just roll through a list here, Jep, and your comments on any one of those. So Mitch Owens, minus 8. It was actually outstanding on the weekend. Jacob Ware, minus 8. Jake's Lego, solid again. Minus 6. Joel Jeffrey uh, hit the scoreboard again. Minus 6. Cooper Stevens there at 2. Brady Hoff there, solid 4. And James Petling at 7. Thoughts on any one of those?
1: Yeah, Owen's timely uh, performance for someone who's held him since round one, um, which is myself, it was yeah, I got pretty lucky there. So he he would definitely play round 13. You can't get dropped off at the back of a performance like that. Um, where I'd be, you know, wary of uh, obviously with Whitfield back, so I wouldn't touch him if you need to trade down this week for him. But there's one who um, from North Melbourne who hasn't debuted yet is Mate McGuinness, who I'm hoping gets a go.
0: Onto the notable players potentially dropping in salary on the radar to target soon. It's a 130 plus break even. So Christian Petrarca, 147, Max Gorn, 136, Patrick Cripps, 133, Callum Mills, 130, Dane Zorko, 130, and Andrew Brayshaw, 130. Thoughts on any one of those? It's
1: pretty scary when you own five of those six, uh, peeps. <laughs> it's not ideal. Um, yeah, Cripps is a concern. Uh, massive concern for me. Uh, he'll be the first to go.
0: Yeah, and it's almost uh it's almost really good timing for you know you know for plenty of coaches that you know he could be the one to be go out this week and obviously use his salary to do whatever you want. Um, depending on your structure there, I think um, he could be the one to go out you know, and when they come back you might want to jump onto Walsh have to see how he goes uh, BC, uh, there's no doubt Cripps was outstanding through the early part of the year obviously had a strong massive pre-season but you know, how, how much does his body start to wear on him and you know, previously to um, this pre-season he had struggled with injuries so you know, is it, you know, his really good run coming to an end, but he was outstanding in early part of the year. You can't deny anything that he did. So maybe even you could look at the opposite way, Jeff. Is it like that the week off might actually freshen him up again? So, you know, there's two ways to look at it. So which way would you, I actually have to ask, which way would you lean? Is it, you know, do you, do you look to get off Walsh or, so uh, sorry, look to get off Cripps or, you know, the week might actually freshen him up again? What do you sit?
1: Yeah, you wait. So I, when I say train him out, I'm talking post buys. Um, and once if team is completed in terms of primos, when you're that big and I've stood next to him, he is a mammoth man. Mm. No wonder he's chipping in the ruck, but um, he did the week off were doing wonders, mate. And I think well, whether it solves all the problems because, you know, Carlton tall stocks have, have hit the wall. And um, I think that Cripps ruck roll, you know, pinch hitting is going to continue and that just doesn't allow him to pick up the pill when, when we need further hands on it. So uh, there might be a bit more pain yet. Uh, but yeah,
0: I'm sticking fast until my team's complete. Sounds good. Already onto notable strong scoring output with a 115 plus average last three rounds. So sort I of run through your list here. So Josh Kelly, 126. Callum Mills, 125. Tom Stewart, obviously, big score in the weekend, 123. Adam Treloar, 129, being quite solid. Uh, we go Lockie Neal, 118. Jackson Clear, 118 has been really good. Darcy Parish 117. And Clayton Oliver, 116. Thoughts on any one of those, Jep?
1: Yeah, so Parrish is another point of difference I'm looking at. Um, but, it's, look, Josh Kelly, Rolls Royce, hopefully Mark McFay keeps him in there. Yeah, and none of those players are a surprise, except maybe Jack Sinclair, who's just had a great season. Hopefully, he gets all Australian. Not at half back. I think he really deserves it, and um, everything keeps going for him. Yeah,
0: so uh, May mentioned on the podcast last week that they wanted to look after Mark McVeigh wanted to look after the offence against West Coast. Last week against Brisbane it was the defence, although they were actually outstanding early uh GWS against Brisbane. But uh, the focus on their break um, over this week is to look after contested balls. So that's really interesting for the back half of the season. And that's why I reckon Josh Kelly is right in the middle of the ground for the remainder of the year. So he's a monster target there for me, especially immediately straight after the bye. So I think they're going to look after that middle of the ground. And I think they're just going to put their you know their Tom Green in there. Taranto, I think, goes back in there. I think Ash is now half back and out of there, uh, so I don't think that's an issue there as well. Um, yeah, I think I think it's all they're all in and, and listening to Mark McVeigh um, in his post game pressers that they they're. they're these guys are assistant coaches with McVeigh. They're chips all in for the rest of the season, so they're going to push really strong. So, you know, obviously a bit of a fluid situation with the guys coming back into that team, like Taranto and, and Whitfield and where they sit, and ho- again, hopefully Whitfield's behind the ball. But they are chips all in, so I, I, I've got to expect a strong finish to the season for GWS, and that's where, you know, if that's the case, Kelly's got to have to be in that midfield. Your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I... Oh obviously you want to see it first and, and play out like I'm holding Canelio and mm. I just want to see that one game where all the big dogs are back And but by the trend of how it's gone, Pete, I think Marco Vago has realised with his assistance that you know let's play these players to their strengths and win their strength in the positions and let's get the best out of them so we can get the best output in terms of match performance, which it's not rocket science, is it? So, no, you know, Whitfield, half halfback, will be appealing. And I traded him out and he'll be, you know, he's on my watch list on my spreadsheet here where um, I think he could have a real big second half of the year if everything falls into place. Yeah, I'm leaning
0: into that Josh Kelly one. Yeah, he, he, if all goes to plan for me, he's my target going into that. Uh, Off their week uh, week off, so he'll be one that instantly come into my team. So there's one for listeners there. Obviously, you know, a lot of of people looking at the same there as well, but yeah, Josh Kelly on the radar massively for me. Alrighty, Jet, we're getting into the final stages of the podcast. So, okay, on to a few key players to finish off the pod for the listeners. Thank you for sending those in as always. It's time to play like or dislike. We're going to do a 38 pack to finish. Obviously quite small, 38. But let's go through them. We're going to stop on a few for a bit of a chat, uh, but mostly uh, like or dislike. So for me, Cam Guthrie, I uh, spoke about Geelong before, um, rest players. I don't think Guthrie's in that situation where they're resting, but you never know. But yeah, straight out, dislike for me.
1: Yeah, dislike as well. I'm not going anywhere near.
0: Nick Dacolz. So, you know, the question here is, is it like or dislike. I still like, but it's, you know, whether to trade or not. I'm going to hold up until his buy. So I'm going to say like, hold to the buy. Thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, you hold it to round 14 because we're most of us are thin, especially in the rookie options for round 14. So it's a hold, but, yeah, trade in round 14 for sure. Uh, Jed Anderson, I think. Uh,
0: there's a little bit of value in his salary. I th- I really like the pick. Um, he's a big target there for me this week, so I'm saying like.
1: Um, I, Yeah, that's someone I'm not going to bother going to just because I don't see him as a top eight-ish mm-hmm. forward. So... More, going to be more direct, and unfortunately, yeah, Jed Anderson misses out. But those tackle numbers, if they continue, boy, you know, he could really push up and, and prove me wrong. James Petling.
0: Uh, Lockheed's do, done really well coming into the team. Uh, still a little bit of value in his salary there, playing forward though as well. But yeah, his scores have been actually quite excellent. So, uh, But still not a trade target for me, so I'm going to say dislike. Yeah, dislike as well. Jackson Haightley liked the pick, uh, especially now, and I think I think he's won the hearts of the Adelaide mid, mids. Uh, he's in there, centre bounce numbers were strong, Sam Berry's numbers on the weekend, they dropped off a little bit, and when, again, I'll reference, when Adelaide were pushing at Geelong during that third quarter there, Haitley was right in there, and he was a strong contested ball, and again, positive comments from uh, Matthew Nix and positive comments from you know his midfield teammate, uh, Rory Laird, so uh, for me, um, chips all in on lately I love the peak, but I reference the weather uh, this week again. So I like the peak. I'm not. I might get there this week. I'm not sure yet.
1: Yeah, look, oh, again, I can't do it. He's only 600 grand now, so I can understand why you would, especially during these buy rounds. It's a bit of a band aid for a few weeks, but yeah, just I'm not going to go. I'm going to say dislike.
0: Okay, Mitch Owens, straight after buy, big like for me.
1: Yeah, like as well.
0: Raleigh O'Brien, uh, I like it, but I'm going to put a bit of a, a, a down on it here for you, Jep, unfortunately. So there was a bit of a chat, uh, I believe it was in his post-game press conference, where, you know, in and, and the last couple of weeks, the question has been raised um, with regards to, you know, Kevin Strong going out of that team, and, and you know, is Matthew Nix ever going to look at a dual ruck set-up? And pretty much, you know, I think it's the single ruck setup for Adelaide, but they didn't, Adelaide haven't closed the door on it, so you might actually come across that situation for the remainder of the year, where that pops up where they want to have a look at it for next year and go beyond. Um, Matthew Nick so far has been a single ruck guy. Uh, obviously didn't have uh, Strawn, who was actually good at the end of last year. I'm, I can't believe they didn't play at a uh, ruck setup at any stage you know, before dropping Raleigh O'Brien. But anyway, that's the way it's worked out. But I think you might see it pop up uh, at some stage throughout the rest of the year. So just keep an eye on that. Now, based on what Rory uh, O'Brien was supposed to do when he was, went back to the sandfall, was you know, to, to get motoring around the ground and have impact. And he was exactly that on the weekend. He was unbelievable. Um, so from that point of view, with regards to where his game's at, if he can put out that effort week in week out, I think you're going to hit some pretty impressive numbers. Yet, so from that point of view of what I think he can do for the remainder of the year as a solo rock, I love the pick while well, they're it as a really good pick. Um, but yeah, just keep on that radar. You know that they might just go uh, strawn in there for one week. So just keep that on the radar. Jep.
1: Yeah, look, it is a possibility. And I obviously love the Riley O'Brien pick. Um, a couple of reasons why I traded him in last week was he's a proud person. Like outside looking in and, and seeing, you know, the whole knick thing last year with the phone or two years ago, whenever it was, um, he was pretty embarrassed by that. And he's a proud person, and, and he'd be embarrassed to be dropped. And he will not want to be dropped ever again. Mm. And he will leave it all out on the field every week from here on into the rest of the season. So I feel like that fact accompanied with the fact of Adelaide's run and the fact that Adelaide, again, outside looking into their team, they've got a lot of perfect second ruckmen in Phil Phil I can't even say his name, but you know who I mean, Um, And Himmelberg, those pinch-hitting rucks that are perfect. So I don't think they personally will play two rucks. Mm. I I can't see that happening. Um, It's either O'Brien or Strawn. And obviously you can't drop O'Brien after that performance. So it's on his shoulders, really, to perform week in, week out. Now... Oh, that's what I'm anticipating, and that I feel like against West Coast this week, wet, rain, hail, or shine, he'll uh, he'll go well and, and give it his all, and it will reflect in fantasy points.
0: Yeah, I think I think I agree with all of that. Um, and I just reflect back uh, when I ran through those teams, is that you know I did reference Adelaide in a fluid situation. So this is a team that's still developing. So uh, while I agree with pretty much everything you said, you know it's it's opportunity there. It's not. This year for Adelaide, it's not this year. They're building for, you know, a couple of years' time, so they, you know, they want to have a look at it. So that's from the point of view with regards to that might pop, pop up on the radar. Uh, but, yeah, from Riley O'Brien's point of view, if he's giving out that much effort each week, there's no way no, one he's getting dropped again, that's for sure. All so on to Bailey Smith. Love the pick.
1: Oh, yeah, he's a yeah, lot like,
0: uh, Dane Zorko, just even here and again, he just puts in one of these low ones and you know, caught wins. a few. Caught a few out last week, unfortunately. Um, look, I still like the pick, but yeah, McStay's come back into that team, and you, know, you know, low center bounces there. Well, not really low, not not just high. Uh, as what I potentially could have expected there, but yeah, if if you can over the buy period, I might even just try and you know, for those that do own Sorca, might try and get off him. Um, but yeah, I, look, I still like the pick, but because obviously he's high ceiling, but yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to have those high ceilings to to make up for those low scores, and that's what we did come across last week, Chip. So I'm, I'm still gonna sit on the fence and say I still like the pick.
1: Yeah, I still like it too. I, uh, high ceiling players like him a few and five between and. Op to stay Stadium this week, I, I'm expecting a pretty high game from him, really. Um, lots of mark kicks and, yeah, let's get back up to those 120s, please, Dane. Yep. Uh, Tim, Tim English, love it. Yeah, love. Uh,
0: Zach Marrett, like the pick, especially uh, after the Bombers have their boys, so he'll be low-owned, uh, I agree, so he, he'll be a target there for me as well, that's for sure, so i like it.
1: Yeah, value peak, Um probably needs a week off to, to keep fresh um, and, you know, there's signs that his ankle is still hindering him a little bit. So, um, yeah, round 13 and beyond, he's hoping.
0: Okay, on to Isaac Kenny. Uh, this is a real problem now, so I think he needs to go, set. Jep. So yeah. I, I'm saying dislike.
1: Yeah, dislike as so well, got
0: to go. Todd Goldstein, so dual uh, ruck set up, so that could, you know, fluid situation in North Melbourne. Who knows how that's going to finish out for the remainder of the year. Um, look, by himself, uh, I think he can score well, but it's not going to be the case. So, dislike.
1: Yeah, it's a dislike as well, and obviously that's come up because he's just turned up against St Kilda. But also the fact that Cherry copped a head knock and his nose was pretty much broken from memory. Um, he played more time on ground. I think he played 90% off the top of my head. I did look at this yesterday. So it's a flash in the pan type situation, long haul. It's Yeah, it's dislike.
0: Uh, Nick Martin, so... Um yeah, it was really he was really impressive last week. So from from the point of view of his scoring output, I do like it.
1: Yeah, it's a like as well. It's just again, I mentioned this earlier in this pod. He's not going to be a top six forward. So whether you hold or trade, it's there's no wrong answer here in my opinion. Sack butters. Um,
0: basically, there you know there are a lot of plays in front of him where I would go to target for a top six forward for the remainder of the year. So from that point of view, a dislike. Uh, but he's put together uh, some pretty decent form this year. And obviously his center bounce and midfield numbers are strong. But yeah, I think there are better options in that midfield that you can target. So from that point of view, uh, would you look elsewhere? I would say yes, and that's a like to uh, look elsewhere. So I guess I'm saying dislike on Butters.
1: Yeah, dislike on Butters as well. He's um, Again, he's not going to push top eight forward, so why bother? Patrick Cripps.
0: Uh, could be time to look elsewhere. You know, there's a week freshening him up. Uh, I put this right I'm sitting on the fence here, so you know, the week that could freshen him up and just finish off the year quite strong, which would be great. Uh, but yeah, just a watch list there for me again to see what he does post buy. I would probably give pretty much a short leash for those who are holding. You know, if he pops in at like an 85 or 80 after the after the buy week, it might be time to go in a couple of weeks yet. But you know, let me sit on the fence for this one still yet.
1: Yeah, it's just straight dislike for me, mate. I, um, I'm not mucking around with it for much longer. Um, it's the role that's killing me. That's Obviously, he's not moving as freely as he was in the first five rounds either. So, yeah, dislike. Uh, Tom
0: Mitchell, uh, obviously not high centre bounce numbers, but he's still getting there from a scoring point of view. Had a monster first half against Gold Coast on the weekend, but did slow down in the second half there as well. Uh, pretty decent matchup this week. Uh, I think he would be okay. And, you know, he might be a target even for a couple of weeks or for those looking looking to bring in uh, one of those buy type players. So uh, for me, I, I don't mind it. Um, so I'm going to sit on the fence of uh, saying many like here, Jeff.
1: No, it's dislike for me. To me, he's not a top eight uh, mid, so you're targeting those real high primos. And although Mitchell's played well the last couple, I don't think he can sustain it.
0: Alrighty, Jep. Jared Berry, straight dislike for me.
1: Uh, Yeah, this one's interesting. And this is actually my request, if you recall. Um, Yeah, it's... On the back of no um, McCluggage, so what what happened and how did his role change? Was it pure wing, which it looked like it was? um, 10 marks to go with 33 possessions, which was pretty big, but I think McCluggage is around the corner. It could be one of these, you know, band aids for the buy rounds at 586 grand. Uh, I, I obviously like the pick and I'm looking at it closely. Yeah, so apparently McCluggage is is likely to play this
0: week, so that puts a dent on that. Um, yep. That game for Brisbane and GWS, it was pretty loose early, and there were just high numbers going everywhere. So Brisbane got into that game after they were five goals down in the first 15 minutes and then really powered through You know, quarters, two and three. They were really strong, and that's where the numbers uh, got inflated there a little bit. And then GWS fought back at the end. So that game was a little bit loose. Uh, to start with and the other thing I'll put up here, is that Jared Berry uh, before last week um, obviously he scored well on the weekend before last week 70% of his scores were fewer than 80 points so how much confidence does that give you?
1: Yeah it obviously comes with a role change and it's hinders on what where McCluggage is at so I was hoping Brisbane would give him till after the bite to completely freshen him up. But if they're not, then, yeah, it might be through the keeper and on the next one. Sam Walsh, I uh, like the pick. Yeah, love it. Yeah, he's a big
0: target for me. Braden Prew, so this is the situation. Um, a lot of people held and a lot of people traded out. Um, so interesting to see where ownership did go. So, you know... And he was coming off illness, didn't get selected. So got to be really interested to see whether he gets picked straight into that team uh, after the buy period. So, you know, big watch if he doesn't get... You know, for those who are holding through those couple of weeks, big watch to see if he gets picked that first week back. So, yeah, interesting. It's a wait and see, uh, obviously, depending on selection there. So I'm going to sit on the fence here,
1: Jet. Yeah, it is interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I think he plays around 13, but I think it's in a drill rock setup. So, if that's my crystal ball, that's what I'm looking into. I, I feel like Flynn hailed his spot because of his performance against West Coast, but then obviously really struggled against the two-pronged attacker Brisbane. And in fairness, like, he was up against it before the game started. So, GWS wanted the extra runner and went in with that pl- game plan that didn't come off in the end. So... Yeah, I'm expecting Bruce to play, so owners should just relax a little, not not stress about it too much.
0: Luke Ryan, uh, I'm going to say dislike here, so I'll, I'll hit on some percentages here again. You know, Before last week, 80% of scores were fewer than 80 points, so that's a bit of a concern, and we need to start to target consistent premium high-scoring players, Chip.
1: Yeah, it's a dislike, bud, because the emergence of Hayden Young and um, Chapman and just takes that little bit away from Luke Ryan, so it's straight dislike. Uh, Jordan, to go with dislike for me. Yeah, dislike as well. You can't have all those CBAs. And um, although McRae's comments is interesting yesterday, um, with, you know, although he's getting the CBAs, it's CBA and push forward in like a, a stringer type situation. Um, so, yeah, even still, it's straight dislike. He's not going to even compete with some of the top forwards now. Uh, Tom Green for GWS,
0: so it's dislike here because obviously there are high-scoring premiums that we can target yet.
1: Yeah, dislike as well.
0: George Hewitt, a big like here, and he should be a target in the top six uh, defenders, I reckon. Yep, love it. Callum Mills, uh, halfback, and he he was he dominated when he went back. Fullback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he dominated. So obviously there were some changes made. Florian has been playing in defence, so that switch was made during game. So this is something that was happening in game. So Mills, you know, the Swans were getting smashed early, you know they had to change something. And listening to Longmire post game, is it you know that's what he said. He had to change something, so that's what they chose. Mills out of the midfield into defence. You know, obviously we know he's played there before, and. Uh, slowly and slowly, it didn't happen straight away, and they got back into the game and eventually won the game. So uh, that was a bit of a masterstroke there. So, uh, you know, uh, and the Swans haven't been really on the top of their game as per what they did put up last year. But, yeah, I wonder if that's a a move to be made for uh, the next several weeks there, So which would actually mean stronger usage for Parker, would actually, you know, Warner then all of a sudden becomes a high target. Josh Kennedy's obviously sidelined through injury, you know, where does that, you know, suit others? And, uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see how this plays out for uh, the next few weeks, at least at this stage. So, either role for me is good. So, I like both ways. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't think he plays that role again. I, I feel like Longmere was, it was a masterstroke, and well done to him. It was the chaos balls that Richmond just flooded into their forward line that they just couldn't deal with. And when Blakey comes back, um, he was a late out that night. I think they right. just get a bit more settled and it's going to be a different opponent and a different matchup. So, yeah, owners should just stress less, I think. Yeah, I don't, I look, I'm not even concerned
0: if it's, it's defence or midfield. So I think he scores well either way. So already on to the next one. So Dan Houston. So his numbers have been actually quite solid, but they're a little bit inconsistent. So from that point of view, his inconsistency. I'm going to say dislike, but, yeah, some, can score.
1: He can, and he's the best kick in that team by a long way, but uh, still
0: a dislike. Uh, Tim Kelly. So uh, as I mentioned before, fluid situation at West Coast. Oh, I'm just, you know, anyone under 25 for West Coast, or maybe even lower. Uh, to anyone under 22 or whatever for West Coast is a target, especially the basement porus uh, in fantasy. So anyone above that age, I'm just discounting uh, as a no. So dislike for Tim Kelly.
1: Yeah, dislike as well. When your team's getting pumped week in, week out, it's, it's hard to stay motivated for four quarters week in and week out as well. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't dare touch him. Callum Jemison,
0: so uh, getting up there in salary now. So uh, from that point of view, if you're really desperate, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, just another one of those players you could target. But, yeah, obviously teams are starting to be completed, so I don't think many would go there. Um, I don't mind the pick, but it was probably had to go a couple of weeks ago, Chip.
1: Yeah, look, and if no rookies prevail this week, I still like it. Um, he had his colours lowered against the Bulldogs, but he offers plenty to the to the team, and um, he's developing as well. So I think his job security is great, which is what's important with these cheaper players at this time of year. Uh,
0: Harry Himmelberg. So in the defence, uh, kick-ins there as well, um, has played there previously. So... Davis is a few weeks away. We feel to come back in there as well. Does he take the kick-ins? So um, interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, it's a really interesting salary there for him, and he's put up a couple of really decent scores. So, you know, it'd have to be really going to have to take a a leap of faith there if you want to target him after the bye. Um, I'm going to say intrigued. That's where I'm going to sit right now.
1: (laughs) I'll just say straight dislike. It's the wrong time of year. It would have been nice if it was round two or three. Yep. On to David Swallow, Uh, dislike for me. Yeah, dislike as well, buddy. Darcy Parrish, like it. Yep, love it. Big point of difference, and he's got a high ceiling, remember. Uh, Luke McDonald, um, I don't mind it, but I I would go for others. But yeah, uh,
0: fluid situation at North Melbourne, that could change back to a wing-type role or something else. Aaron Hall on the radar to return in a couple of weeks as well, so that might take away his numbers for McDonald, so he wouldn't be a long-term hold for me anyway, so dislike that for me. Yeah, dislike as well, buddy. Brady Hoff, certainly intrigued. So I'm going to say like right here.
1: Uh, I'm going to say dislike actually because quite expensive. um, And his 99 was clearly his best score of the season by a long, long way. So I think he'll return to his 50s and 60s from here on in. And look again, if no rook presents, then you could trade him in. And I've actually played with a few trade scenarios of bringing him in this week. it just it depends on teams this Thursday night, but for me, for the moment, it's
0: a dislike. Uh, Christian Patraca going to drop a little bit in salary now, so um, I would wait till after his buy. But uh, uh, post buy, I'm definitely interested. So, um, you know, ask me the same question in a in three weeks, Jeff. I'm going to say like. So just to wait for me.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything with that you just said, and he'll be down in salary enough. And hopefully he plays this week, though. That's what I'm more worried about. That he has a week off now. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a wait.
0: OK, Jordan Clark, so other options there are available, so dislike. Yeah, dislike as well. Mark Blixar's obviously uh, into the ruck for the Cats, so Stanley out of the team. Uh, Stanley's a 50-50 chance, I think, to come back. He's probably going to come back. Uh, Chris Scott said it's a game-time decision probably for this week for Stanley. So, therefore, Blixar's good push back to defence. Um, and so that's where you're potentially going to get the inconsistent scoring uh, if he does have to match up at any stage against any key forward, So uh, for me, from that point of view, dislike.
1: Uh, yeah, I almost brought him in a couple of weeks ago, um, which was interesting. Uh, but the way it's panned out at Geelong, I think they continue with blicks in the ruck and not play Stanley because of the emergence of SDK in the back line. Mm. I suppose that depends on match-ups each week and the bigger bodies uh, and that kind of thing. But um I'm actually going to say lucky like I think he can push the top six defenders if he continues the role. And the final one here, Andrew
0: Brayshaw, like it for me.
1: Yeah, I still like it. He's a top eight uh, mid no, all, all systems go.
0: Yeah, and I think once we get to some dry weather and some uh, less competitive games for Freeman on the back half of the year, I think we will start to hit some of those ceiling games. So I think it's all good for Brayshaw to finish off the season. On to final thoughts ahead of, of round 12, Jep. It's the first of three bye weeks.
1: Uh, make sure you have your captain picks sorted well in advance this round because the options could be few and far between, depending on who you have. Um, and then, yeah, enjoy enjoy not having the uh, 50-50 bench calls this week and, and all that sort of fun stuff. Keep balanced side side and, and look ahead, in rounds thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost hit
0: back onto what I said earlier in a pod. So if we get a clear uh, week of uh, no illness, and some of these clubs are still struggling with illness there as well, so if we get a clear run this week, I'd almost try and go pretty much if you can just go thin this week and try and back into your numbers into the final couple of weeks of the buy. Uh, period, so maybe even just 19 and see if you can you know, catch a bit of gold that might put a little bit of uh, leverage on the rest of the field uh, if you're pretty solid into those numbers for the last two weeks of the buy period. All right, Jeff, all the best for this week, all the best for the listeners for the buy week, so um, check on your rank now, and hopefully at the end of the buy period you have improved. So all the best over the next three weeks, and Jep, again, good luck for this week. Thanks, guys.